Hello love, welcome back to another podcast episode. Today is going to be a quick one and I don't know how much time I have to actually speak but um, I'm journaling and I wanted to make a podcast episode. So it's just like some little poetic pieces that I think about that I've just been jaunting down in my in my little journal that I have here. Um, and yeah, I'll just kind of jump right into it. So I started writing down a tree and I also drew some mountains and I was like, okay, so what is coming up with this? Because I have a view of Mount Rainier and then the big Douglas fir trees are surrounded on this property. And so I've been really drawn and compelled towards the poeticness of both mountains and of these, be- these beautiful tall trees um, that have a really, really large um, trunk. And then the leaves, or like, they're not really leaves, but like the conifer parts um, that give off the smell, um, that part of the tree, like the branches, don't start until more of the top of the tree. And it's a really fascinating tree. So anyhow, um, I wrote down, will you hold hands with me like trees under the ground? When the wind blows, I feel I can hear soft whispers of my past. Sometimes it rides on the backs of birds' wings, and when I'm out walking, a bird will swoop down and drop a memory. Perhaps I believe I'm just a vessel or a home for someone else's heart, but a temporary one where you rent out or lease. And I think we all have this limiting belief as humans that we will never find true love, that we will never find this place of peace within a romanticized connection with another human being. But I also think that society over-romanticizes relationships where there's a lot of downsides sometimes. Um, But I think, again, within that, that's also a fallacy. So there's so many stigmas around relationships where it's really, really hard to even speak on it. And um, in all brutal honesty, I've never been in like an actual like relationship relationship. I've had so many talking stages with people, but they just never felt right for me to connect deeper with them. and so it's really, really interesting of uh, this place around romantic relationships or more than friends with people. Um, and so, yeah, that was just a little poem that I wrote on that subject. And then um, I've also been journaling about some, like, you know, t- more traumatic things that have happened in this lifetime for me. And then at the bottom of the page, I will call, I will say, and I'm calling back all my power. And then I'll do cute little drawings in it and I will wipe off all the energy of the past and just embellish in the future and then this one says you cannot live when you are untouchable life is vulnerability i am learning this slowly but this is the most deeply beautiful part about me being human is the fact that i cannot live if i think that i'm untouchable you know the most beautiful moments of life is when you surrender and you let go of control and you are welcomed into this area of complete fear and rawness. Um, A lot of people will go around and always find small pleasures and I think that's why they get subject to addictive behaviors, whether that's drinking, smoking, pills, or, you know, addictions in general. I think it's because they think that they can find pleasure in the small things, but they or like in these these um, things that they think will last forever, but they won't um, because they're not vulnerable. They're not willing to open up their hearts enough. And so they become very much subject to these addictions. And um, that's something that I've been observing a lot in people 
that do have a lot of addictions is they think that drinking, smoking, pills, or any other addictions is going to heal them because it gives them a moment of satisfaction. That's not even a word. Satisfaction. And then they play into that. And then they have some moments of peace. And then as soon as that peace leaves them, they are addicted to the feeling that they had before the peace. So they continue to go back. Um, Yeah. Um, suffering is what we humans do and it's what we choose to do with that suffering aspect but pleasure in any kind of way of short gratification is never going to be a long-term thing for us to actually be justified in for um, long-term happiness so that's something that I've really been um, looking for or like watching and observing in people and in myself the next one is it's a blessing and a curse to feel everything so deeply. My kindness is not something I should ever change. Let me be cracked open a thousand times so my heart can be beautifully bruised by the time I leave this earth. And then I drew a little puddle and I wrote down, I belong to me. Um, I was going to make a podcast episode on narcissism and gaslighting, except I just haven't found the right way to do it. Um, every time I do, I just too many limiting beliefs come up and I will eventually make one on it when I have a better grasp on even what happened to be, me being involved with gaslighters um, the past year of my life. Um, but yeah, I've just been writing down other red flags and people that I find when they have these continued behaviors. I distance myself from them because they are just behaviors that I found so many times in people and they end up being to somewhat degree of um what's the word that i'm looking for they're just people can be loved when they're unhealed but when they're not willing to acknowledge their own trauma and actually work on it um it's a different level of i i'm not here to mother you i'm not here to father you i am here and i want mutual respect and sometimes i can't find that and that's completely okay too that's somebody else's journey and i'm so i'm learning that but these are just some like I call them like red flags, things that I've noticed in people that I just have to distance myself from because those same behaviors have hurt me in the past where they don't take accountability. And I have a deep fear of um, conflict. And I realize that's because my parents, they'd be having hard days and they'd take it out on me and my siblings. But then they would make it feel like it was our fault because it would never take accountability. And that's something that is a red flag to me that I distance myself from is when something bad happens and then they don't take accountability for what happened, it's like we can't just brush these things under the rug. If there's an unsaid thing, I really want to talk about it. And if we can't talk about it, then, you know, that's something that I just need my own space with. Um, so, um, really big mood swings, um, needing control over everything. Um, they freak out when you say like things aren't that big of a deal because they've had to also this is not a place of judgment it's I know why they do it I've learned the psychology of why they do what they do and why they need so much power and control over things um but it's not something that I want a mother or father within them anymore it's not something that I'm not here to heal anybody I have healing advice and if you were open to my advice you can you know come and spare share the space with me but if not I'm not going to reach out and um that was like the past two years of my life where I was reaching out to people to try to heal them or like talking stages I would sit down and hear all their trauma so I could heal them 
and that's not something that I'm here for. Um, again, I can hold space and I can listen, but it's what they do with my, you know, my words of acknowledgement that decipher a lot of how I will continue to interact. Um, um, and then they're scared of their own mind. People that are deeply terrified of their own mind don't have a very strong sense of self and they're very prominent to gaslight you because they don't know what's happening in their own life and they're very hurt. So they will hurt you to make them feel equal or more superior um and again this is not a place of judgment it's observation and i no longer will deal with those kind of people i will say i need space and you're not for me or i respect you but i don't want you in my life any longer um it's gonna be some background noise and then what else has been in my journal lately that i've been learning um ooh, this is a good one Worrying about the future feels more like depression because you're overthinking because of the past happenings that make you feel this way. So what you so what if you so wait, hold on. So what if I am sad that I might be bored tomorrow? I will meet myself there in that boredom and learn from it. So often I get really I, some nights I get really depressed thinking about, oh, tomorrow's going to be another loop day or tomorrow's going to be another really rough day, you know? Um, and so I was trying to talk myself through that where it becomes a depressive episode where I just like, I don't want to go to bed because I know tomorrow's going to be rough. I don't want to get up because I know that day is going to be rough. And so I will set in the possibility of it being a rough day. And you will find a rough day if you're looking for a rough day. Um, and so I'm learning to set intentions before I go to bed. So when I wake up, I'm like, okay. Even if a hard thing comes my way like this, I said, what if I'm really bored tomorrow? Because sometimes there's really nothing to do on the farm. And I've been trying not to be on my phone so much. And I'm kind of losing myself sometimes in work. And um, so that space of boredom is really, really weird. Um, and so I'm learning to pick up new habits, new hobbies. But I wrote down, like I said, I'm sad that I might be bored tomorrow. But I will meet myself there in that boredom and learn from it. So reassuring to myself that I can learn from my boredom and something that my mom always says is bored, boredom is is what boredom does. And yeah, it used to drive me nuts, but it makes so much sense. Um, this is me rock, walking through the same thing. Um, I wrote down this two days in a row because I was just overwhelmed last week. Um, redirection question mark. And then I wrote down, redirection is protection. I worry about tomorrow because I have had to abandon my needs so many times. I'm fearful that I won't be able to vouch for myself. So like when you make mistakes, you have to a lot of times abandon yourself to protect yourself if somebody else isn't very patient with yourself. And so I've had to abandon myself so many times when people aren't patient with me to satisfy them from keeping me from getting yelled at or in trouble or disappointing myself and so that's what I was trying to work through um and when somebody is upset at me I will end up agreeing and forgetting my needs because that has happened so many times that it's a habitual pattern and then um, I drew a fish and I drew in the fish I'm scared to be alone tomorrow I worry that I will be that it will be challenging and I'll be burnt out what if something overwhelming happens and I wrote down then you just take a deep breath and communicate and ask for ask for a break and then after re reevaluate my worries are valid 
um, because they have happened before. And also, a lot of people, they worry because it's happened before. So when you tell somebody their worry is not valid, they're like, well, just stop worrying. It's a habitual pattern. You can't just tell somebody to stop worrying. That's one of my pet peeves that's been happening recently is that when I'll worry about something, somebody will be like, well, just don't worry. And it's like, I'm worrying because it's happened before. I'm worrying because something this dramatic has happened in some state and so I'm protecting myself. So please don't tell me to stop worrying. I'm sharing this with you to help ask for support and maybe I just need to communicate better. It's just be like, hey, can you just give me a hug or can you just, you know, give me some words of affirmations and then I'll be good. But I am worrying right now and being vulnerable and open to that. Um, And that that's happened before. Within that, I'm rewriting these stories. I'm allowed to change my mind. I also feel like if I change my mind too many times, people are going to abandon me because that's happened in the past. Um, and so I'm learning to embrace that when I need to change my mind, I'm allowed to. And even when it sucks, other people are going to change their mind too. That rejection is protection. I had a trip out here to Washington with my friend and then she decided the last minute she wasn't going anymore. And it was a one-way ticket and I don't know where I was going. And I freaked out and I was like, dude, that's not okay. Because in the moment, it honestly was not. Um, because we were a buddy, we were a buddy system. And then her saying she didn't want to go anymore opened my eyes to a lot of what was happening. And it allowed me to take a step back and say, I don't want this friendship anymore. And it was exactly what I needed because I am relying on myself more than I ever have. And I was relying a lot on others. And this has been teaching me a lot about myself. And so that rejection, that abandonment, what I felt when I was telling this person how I felt about them not wanting to go on this big trip with me anymore um taught me exactly what i needed to know so i sent a text and i was like thank you for the you know what we had um and i'm sorry if i ever made you upset either but i don't want this friendship anymore and that's okay as well um if i don't like something i don't have to tolerate it if i simply do not like something i am i'm so allowed to get up and just leave i am so able to just make a face and they can ask me they're like what's wrong and be like i don't like that um if you don't like something, you verbalize it in whatever way. And as people pleasers, I understand it's incredibly hard. Um, I sometimes, I won't even be like, no, don't do that. I'll just be like, hey, I don't like that. Or um, I'll make a weird face or I'll move my body. So if they read body language, language they will understand me. Um, I do a lot of things with body language first to so just see. Because if somebody I really want in my life is there they will read body language because I read a lot of body language and it says so much about a human. Um, so that's another thing is there's a, a recovering people pleaser. I show a lot in my body language, how I'm feeling. Um, what else? All oh, this was really cute. So I drew another Douglas fir tree and I drew it like crying. And then I put down like like in a little spiral type of thing and then I drew a sun and a butterfly and a rain cloud and a heart and I said oh I was writing down song lyrics but it says you want her you need her and then I wrote down once upon a time a boy cried in my arms it was so beautiful I felt his tears on my neck and that happened I something about holding the masculine within their emotions is so healing to me because I know that there's so many emotionally immature, not emotionally immature, they've been trained not to cry. Um, so I completely rewrite that story. Um, that was interesting that that even came out of my mouth because I don't feel that way, but emotionally unavailable people, men specifically, 
um, that will not cry. And then when you get to hold, I've held two men while they've cried before. And it's been such a beautiful experience. Um, and I've had one man hold me while I cry. And something about that is incredibly spiritual because it's rewriting stories in our DNA of women um, and our storylines about men and the patriarchy. And so I really love that is once upon a time, a boy cried in my arms where well, it was a man. He was 19. But um, yeah, I wrote down boy for a very specific maturity level reason at the time uh, in my arms. And it was beautiful. I felt his tears on my neck. It was so incredibly beautiful. Oh, the other day was a um, the summer solstice. And my friend who really, really loves the summer solstice, um, I journaled and pulled some cards with her while we watched Mount Rainier turn pink um, out here in the garden. And this is what she told me about solstices and about um, the seasons that I absolutely love. So I journaled about. Um, a year is a breath. Fall equals an exhale, starting, prepping, slowing down. Winter equals a pause after the exhale. Self-reflections, spending time with loved ones, going within. It's a death. Spring is an inhale. Creation, planning, rebirth, it's new. Summer is a celebration of the harvest. Embodiment of being, adventure. And then, so yeah, the whole thing is a year is a breath. I loved that so much. Um, and then I wrote some little poems that I wrote also on my TikTok and on my newsletter. But if you don't, if you aren't subscribed to both of them, I'll just read um, some things. I was, this is like poems that I made about a guy that I recently had a connection with, but it just didn't work out. Um, but I was just listening to songs that we listened to um, while driving on the Pacific Northwest. Hey, buddy, I'm in the goat pen and they're like smelling all my stuff. I didn't want you to eat that. No, no, no. You can't eat that. Um, so yeah, I just wrote poems about it while I listened to the songs, and it was so beautiful. I'm really trying not to let this go eat a colored pencil right now. So, it's called An Ode to the Sweetest Three Days of My Life. Young adults, you move your mirror to get a better view of how my lips move as I read my poetry. You made me feel so free, gunning 100 miles an hour to vagabond by camp around the sharp turns, admiring your soft smile as the green around us seems to blend all together. You adjusted to see me better in your driver's seat. You, get, you got distracted driving as you were swerving in the backcountry roads. I ask what with a smirk on my face. My feet were out the passenger window and your right hand was playing with my hair. You reply with, you know that feeling when you make it to the, to the place of destination when you're hiking and you're just in awe of its beauty. That's what it's like looking at you. I still smell you on my stuff sometimes. You held me so tight the first night we met. You remind me of Take Me Back to the Night We Met by Lord Huron. And just a few days before meeting this guy, I saw Lord Huron in concert while it poured rain and it was such a cinematic experience and then I had an awesome night with this dude and it just reminded me of that you whispered you're so beautiful in my ear and put yourself in an uncomfortable situation to keep me warm oh look at the goats oh gosh I go to say something I think I just ate a flower out of my ear <laughs> I miss your whoa I miss your hands placed in between mine 
and the way you would show me I'm lovable at the time. And then at the end, I just wrote down the person's name and I said, bye bye, so long, thanks for teaching me. Hey, you can't eat that. The goats are going crazy today. I don't know what they're in. Wow. Um, another thing that I wrote down is, why do I constantly need to be better in order to allow myself to be loved? What if I'm not good enough for someone? And that was my thing. And I think that's a lot of our fears too, is as perfectionists, hi buddy. As perfectionists, we often um, project that we need to be perfect before getting into a relationship. And that's what I, my headspace has been in for the past like three years doing like healing, maybe almost four years now, um, where I was like, I can't you know, be in any kind of relationship because what if I'm not good enough for them? I need to constantly be changing the way my you know my appearance looks or the way that my mind works but no just allowing myself to be who I am and allow myself to be loved and met there because I meet people where they are I think that's at least what I try to do a lot of the times um, when I actually surrender and so I know that I deserve that back I wrote down I am learning to be accepted as I am huh <laughs> I do this little person with a heart and then a little like sprout coming out of the heart and that little sprout coming out of my head because I also had a headache and I wrote down I think my human red heart is sad I'm comparing myself so much I wrote down growth can be painful and then I was trying to write down why I had a headache because I think that a lot of time our our head or our body aches will be a manifestation of our subconscious beliefs about ourselves or like what's happening around us so just like conflicts inside of our heads i'm gonna write down um perhaps i'm overwhelmed there's so many things i want to do and be and then i also wrote down the pain is behind my eyes slow down and stop over watching or stop over observing because sometimes i do over observe and make myself spiral um here's one i wrote down find your community I found my community in many corners of the world, lovers, laugh, laughers, <laughs> healers, teachers, leaders, etc. I drew a little heart and a little like mandala thing and I wrote down, I am so lucky with a little red clover, which is also sugar flower, which you can actually eat as an herb. Um, this is really cute. Find strength and stillness. Let nature guide you. Loving connections are here for guidance. Trust your maybes as a no. Excuse me. Creativity is all around. Be in love with the process rather than the goal. Shed old layers to become things new that you want to become. The chaos is happening to help you learn to become a better person and bring us towards more fulfilling lives, shaking up the stagnancy. Am I ready to learn? When the student is ready, the teacher will appear. That one's a really good one. I love that quote. Allow desire and creativity to flow. And then here's one that I put on my Instagram. Being is the eternal. Being can be felt and not understood by the mind. Oh, I have one more minute. By your state of being, you become a beacon for what you attract. Life is like a million and more sided dice. You roll every second. Hi, buddy. Another goat is back. Your beauty is the... You can't, you can't buy my journal, dude. <laughs> your beauty is the manifested form of your ability for compassion. 
Perhaps you have been telling yourself of the non-complacent lies to distract your mind of the shadow you are fearful to bear witness to. And then here's the last one before I have to go mo. The love entanglement from pain to well love. They mix. Yes, they will hurt one another. Yes, we will hurt one another. Yes, we are messy. You will forever be lost if you feel you can escape this. Be a bold lover. Love and speak like there is no tomorrow because there is none. Loving is never a waste. Even when you are in the pits. Oh my gosh, this whole goat just like. <gasps> dude! Oh my god, the, dude, the freaking goat just ate a piece of my journal! <laughs> well, got, good thing I got that in real time. You might as well eat this piece too if you're gonna. Actually, no, I don't think that's good. Alright. Damn, I think that that piece was just meant to leave. Or it was a, a confirmation. Oh my god. That was wild. Um. Loving is never a waste. Even when you are in the pits bent over sobbing, feeling like you may never crawl out of this hole, you will. And your love was never and your love was never the problem. It is a belief that you can love without hurt. That is the problem. Yeah, that was some great ass stuff. But I thank you all for being here. I thank you all for being you. Thank you for making it this far. And um a goat here says hi. I'm not sure what its name is, but hi, buddy. Because I'm in a different pasture than last podcast episode. <laughs> um, and yeah, I'm feeling like in a very poetic mood. I've also drank a lot of coffee today, and so I'm just feeling excited to be alive with the the coffee ups and downs. I think I'm gonna actually go make another cup. Um, so yeah, I love you all, and I appreciate you all, and I thank you for making it this far, like I said. And I will talk to you when I talk to you next. Bye-bye.